listen, the beautiful thing about Father's Day is it's a celebration of dads. In our world today, you see a lot of challenges when it comes to fathers. And that's what we want to talk about today. We want to have an honest discussion uh, today. But I want to build the story for you or our conversation before I introduce our guest to you. And I want to take you back to a story in the Old Testament. It's the story of the end of Elijah's life. Elijah is nearing the end, and God is about to take him to heaven in the chariots of fire. Come on awesome. now. But here he is. He's at this point. He's on his journey to his final stop here on earth before he goes to heaven. He's traveling with a young man by the name of Elisha. Elisha was Elijah's servant. He was there to help him. He wanted to be with Elijah wherever he was. Now, this is what's most interesting. Elijah ends up saying, Elisha, you can't go where I'm going. And Elisha says, no, I'm not going to leave your side. The only thing Elisha wanted was a double portion of the presence of God that Elijah had. That's all he wanted. But he wanted to travel to this final earthly place with Elijah. Elijah then gets to the point where he's taken to heaven. As he's brought up to heaven in the chariots of fire, Elisha does something that on the outside seems normal, but he does this. Elijah's gone, and here's what Elisha screams out. My father! My father. He screams out for his father. Now, were they related? No. So what you have to do is drill down into this verse. He screams out for my father, my father. In the original Hebrew, there is a ton of words for fathers. But in this passage, it's the word transliterated, ab. It's where we get the word Abba. Abba, Father. Ab. It literally means the head of household or uh, family or clan. It was not father by birth. It was father by calling. Elisha is yelling out to Elijah, My father! My father, you chose me to be your son. Now think about this. The story of this father, it was relational, the relationship, relational father. It was positional father, and it was directional father. If all of our dads in the world today assume their relational position, their position and authority as the spiritual head of their home, or the circle they have around them, or direction, my job's not just to let my kids do whatever the heck they want. Come on now, somebody. Okay, some of you must let your kids do whatever the heck they want. God bless you. You'll be getting them out of prison later. <laughs> my job's to tell my kids and direct my kids. When they do something bad, uh-uh, no good. Hello. I guess some of you are lazy parents. Come on, you ought to be amen a little bit louder than that. Listen, I'm not called to be my best my child's best friend. If your kid doesn't hate you at least 364 or 365 days a year, you're doing something wrong. I just got to make my kids happy. I want to make sure they smile all the time. I don't want to make my kids happy all the time. That creates spoiled brats. I want to give my kids, I see a lot of dads looking at their kids, right? yeah, that's right. I got permission to spank you. I did not say that, but if you... <laughs> Fatherhood. 
Fatherhood's more than just by birth, but fatherhood's also by calling. And so I've invited a good friend of mine to come and have a conversation. We're just two dads who are, are two spiritual fathers who were raised without fathers. And we want to talk about how that's impacted our lives and how we can make a difference in the world today. Would you welcome, like your favorite preacher walked in the room, Pastor Kyle Watkins. Come on, Pastor. A lot of people ask me my story all the time, and what I tell them is, like, you, you like songs. I, I understand that. I tell them, well, this is a story all about how Jesus flipped, turned my life upside down. I'd like to take a moment, so just sit right there. I was just a young thug running the streets of Pine Air. Oh, come on now. In Brentwood, Long Island, born and raised on the playgrounds is where they sold drugs in my days. Chilling out, maxing and relaxing all cool gang shootouts is what happened in my high school. But a couple of guys, they were up to much good. They started running revivals in my neighborhood. I went to one little service and the devil got scared. He said, Kyle, you're moving too fast. The church is nothing for you here. When I whistled for my boys, they didn't come near. I heard a voice from heaven say, Kyle, I'm here. If anything I could say is that voice was rare, but I thought, now nah, forget it. Your God, come and share. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it alone. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> but tell us a little bit about your upbringing. Sure. So I was born June 10th, 1985, in a wonderful city called Camden in the Golden State, New Jersey. I was raised in a Christian home. My father was an elder of a church. My mother sang in the choir. Anybody remember the old school choir days? All right. <laughs> We have praise and worship teams, uh, <laughs> praise and worship sets, but my mom sang all over the country, all throughout the country with her wow. three sisters. They were called the Dunkley Sisters. The what? The Dunkley Sisters. Dunkley Sisters? Yeah. And they were a court, quartet gospel singing uh, group, and they would just travel all about. They met Michael Jackson and so many greats, and it was just powerful. What my mom and my dad did in the church, they belonged to a historical church called Shiloh Temple Cathedral, but what seemed like a pretty picture from the outside for the Watkins family was actually not the true story. You see, my father, although he was a minister of reconciliation in the church, he was a sinister minister of pain in the home. Mm. My father was an abuser. My father severely abused both myself, my brother, and my mother. And in many ways, psychologically, physically, verbally, if I were to tell you the things that my dad did to me, you would think I was lying but it was the true, raw, bitter reality of Kyle Watkins. My mother eventually mustered enough courage at the age I was five years old to say I can't take it anymore. Anybody ever see the film, uh, What's Love Got to Do With It? Tina Turner, dun -dun, dun -dun, dun -dun, right? My mom's name is Tina, and my mom was my hero. She was my Tina Turner. She's not here, she'll be here at 12. I just want to say thank you so much, Mom. I know you're watching right now. You are the world to me and then some. We're celebrating Father's Day, but we got to take out time to say thank you again to the moms. I'm telling you, my mother was my hero. So at the age of five years old, here my mom is. She had to escape. And when I say escape, I'm saying it, and I mean it. Escape. She had to escape this brutal, vicious man, my father, my own flesh and blood, my biological father. While he was working, my mother with the help of a neighbor, this neighbor heard all of the fights, all of the tears, all of the crying. My mother many times would go to this neighbor just to find refuge and shelter. 
this neighbor helped my mother get together her four kids, including myself and my brother, two other sisters, threw us in the back of a Greyhound bus along with my mother, and we left. My mother never returned. Now, this is the thing. That was the end of the pain from my father, but it was the beginning of the pain without my father. Well, and so now here we are, fathers. So now let's talk about that because here you, you could easily define the pain that dad brought. Mm -hmm. What pain did you experience that dad didn't bring but circumstances brought? Absolutely. The lack of affirmation, mm. the lack of confidence. I believe those who struggle with being affirmed are those who stagger with confidence. Well, say that again. Those who struggle with being affirmed are those who stagger in confidence. Fathers have the ability to affirm their children. When a father speaks, the world listens. Everyone who I've discovered, myself included, and I, I'm sure most of us would agree, you crave the love of a father. Everybody does. Most people don't, don't always realize it, but you started to crave, like, covering. Where, where did that lead you to? So when a father's not present, every idea is. When the father speaks, the world is silent. Mm. But when a father's not speaking, the world is chaotic. Mm. When fathers fail, the nations fall. Come on. When there is not the presence of the father, God has given man, fathers, a innate, incredible ability to speak life and purpose into their children. And because I didn't have that, of course, I had my mother. Mom could only do but so much she could do. Single parent household, two boys, two girls, all one year apart. You know, here I am now without a father, but I have the gang. I have the gang activity. I have the bloods. I have this. So you joined the gang? Yeah. And that's gang. what I did because How I was looking you for about? a father. So How I was about around the age of 12 years old. Wow. Only 12 years old. So I was very, very young. Very naive, impressionable. I believed anything. You could have tell, told me anything, and I would have done it. That's how much I longed for the presence of a father. And when I saw these gang members, these men, representing power and control and wealth, I thought that's what a man should have. And so that's the direction that I went in. Yeah. So you're in that. Yeah. And at some point, you come into the realization that I need God. Yeah. Talk, tell us about that. Absolutely. That beautiful woman sitting there, my mother, she told me, she said, Kyle, you're going to church. And I said, no, I'm not. I'm not going to church. You don't get away with telling a black mother you're going to do something. Can I get a witness, somebody? Yes. And there's not just black mothers that don't take no junk. There's all mothers that don't take yeah. no junk. You going to church, boy. Yep. My mom knew that there was a calling on my life. My mom knew that there was a sense of power. Um, in terms of serving God's kingdom, purpose, serving God's kingdom. And I didn't know it, but my mom knew it. So and she I'm saw grateful. It. Yeah, she saw it. She saw. She had vision. She saw something in her son. And that, that's the powerful thing about parents. Parents have an ability to see something in their children that even their children don't see. Yeah. And then parents have the ability to speak out and speak up and declare the word of the Lord over their children's yeah. lives that although you're here, you will be there. Yeah. And so I thank God for my mom, and I eventually had to go. And she made me say uncle. She made me tap out, if you will. And I sat in the back, dressed in black, with a bandana in the back of my pocket. I didn't want to hear nothing that the preacher wanted to say. But in an audience full, uh, a church full of people, it seemed like that preacher was gospeling my heart. And the opportunity was offered um, salvation. And uh, 
I shook in my legs and I was quivering and I was very, very nervous because I knew that if I made this decision, the way the preacher had laid it down, I was like, listen, you can't live this old life anymore. Old things are passed away. All things are new. When you say yes to Jesus, you can't play any game. We came from the type of church where the pastor would say, don't play games with God. God ain't no play thing is what they would tell us. And I took that to heart. And I knew that if I'm going to be saved, that word in the Greek is polygenesia. It means to be regenerated. Yep. It's not just a change of mind. It's not just a change of heart. It's a change of nature. When you say yes to Jesus, by faith, you receive grace, but you also receive a change of yep. one's course of life. Jesus had a destiny for my life, and I knew that I had to make a decision right then and there. So I made a covenant. Instead of serving the bloods, I came under the blood of yeah, Jesus, and I became covered. And that was truly the greatest sense of fatherhood, to sense the love of the Father come and surround you. I walked up to that stage, and I took my bandana. I put it down underneath my foot. I stepped on it like heel of this child steps on the head of the serpent. I crushed that thing. I renounced it, and I said yes to Jesus that day, July 14th, 1999, and I never turned back another day, never thought about Come it, on. never wanted it. I'm telling you, really, truly, yeah. God can change you. God can change you if you want to be changed. Let me just say this, because um, I don't want to leave the ladies out. To the single moms, happy Mother's Day to you, uh, happy Father's Day to you, because yeah. you worked and you did two jobs. And so thank you, uh, because moms like you and moms like my mom, who dragged me to church, yeah. Yeah. who literally tried literally to beat the devil out of us multiple times. Yeah. It took a long time, but the devil finally got beaten out. Yeah. Here you are, you, you step on that you know, yeah. symbolically, yeah. right? You say, listen, I'm putting this under my feet. Right. All right, now, it's not that easy to get out. No. No. How do you get out of a game? It's not. Yeah. Again, blood Talk in, blood about out. That. Yeah. So, you know, although I was covered under the blood of the Lamb who washed away my sins, that's what the blood of Jesus does, right? Yeah. The grace of God yep. is there. The conviction of the Holy Spirit causes us or leads us. It's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. His love covers a multitude of sins. But what washes away those sins? The blood of Jesus. So my, my sins are washed. But that gang leader didn't. But, but, but that gang leader. He doesn't didn't, care about the blood of know, Jesus. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I get that from Ohio, yeah. from this wonderful revival. I'm on fire for Jesus. That you were dragged to exactly. by your mama. Yeah, I come back. My that mom changed is like, his life. My mom is like, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come here, son. Oh, let's praise God together. Thank you, Lord. I'm like, oh, my gosh. This is so <laughs> awesome. But at the same time, I knew that I needed to, I needed to take care of some things. There's, yeah. some, there's some trench work that I need to get done here. And that is that... Number one, if I'm going to be baptized publicly, because that's the next step for me at that time, I want it to be that when people are there to witness, again, this is an outward, ex an inward experience, but an outward occurrence, or an outward, or an inward occurrence, an outward experience, yeah. to stand in front of your friends and say, hey, everyone, come on, I'm going to be baptized. This is a symbolic meaning. My sins have been washed yeah. away. I'm a new creature. I want to be able to invite them and say, and they say, this guy is truly a saved yeah. individual. He's changed. It doesn't happen overnight. So please be patient to those individuals that are going through their journeys and their processes and their ebbs and flows and their downfalls and their pits and things what of that your, nature. What was your longest struggle? The thing that took you the longest to drop off of you? Anger. 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 And that is what being a part of that gang fueled. Mm. There's a void in every son and daughter's heart 
who is fatherless. Mm. And when you don't have a father around to cultivate how to process emotions, let's think about it this way. When you have a mother in your life, what does your mother tell you? Sit up straight, boy. Wipe that smirk off your face. Did you wash your hands? Close the door. Take out the trash, son. What does dad say? Sit up. Be a man. Don't cry. It's okay to cry, son. Don't be angry. Think of it this way. Let me show you this. Fathers have a language. Mothers have a language. Right. There's a role schema that they play in our lives. And it's very profound when you have that father because that father shows you how to process emotion. Yeah. And if you don't have the presence of the father, you don't know how to behave. You don't know how to respond to frustration, to fear, to anxiety, to angst, to anything of that matter. So not having a father around caused me to act out, lash out, and that's what the gang did for me. But I knew I'm a changed man. So I had to talk to You had to, to go back guy. to them. Yep. Yeah. And I had to tell him I can't do this anymore. How I did that go? I sat down with him. It was very tough. It took me exactly about four months to get enough strength mustered together and go and see him. But when I did, he reached into his back pocket, and I thought, this is it. But at least I'm going to be in the presence of Jesus, right? Because I'm saved. <laughs> he pulls out a picture. It's a picture of his mom and dad. He says, this is my mom and dad. They're deacons down the road at the church, and they pray for me every wow. day that I would give my life to Jesus. This is what the superior of the gang that I'm a part of is saying to me. He says, Kyle, they pray for me daily. Just like your mom prayed for you. Wow. He told me, he said, I can't get out. You see, my heart hurts for that man. Because although I get a ch chance to tell my testimony, I still often think about that guy. He said, I can't get out because I'm in too deep but you can take my place. You're free to go. And I ran and bolted out of there, and I never turned back. Yeah. I never turned back because I saw that that was salvation made clear and real to me, yeah. ultimate second chance. Yeah. Now, what's interesting about our conversation today, I'm a dad yeah. physically. You're not a dad physically. Right. Let's talk a little bit about spiritual fatherhood because everyone who's not a dad has an opportunity to still be a parent, spiritual parent to somebody. Absolutely. Talk about that. So what I believe is that God created men, especially fathers, to have an innate God-given ability to speak life, yeah. to speak course, and even direction in their children. Um, biologically, it's a powerful thing. And again, I have not experienced that as of yet. But I've had the opportunity to pastor and spiritual father a lot of sons and daughters, spiritually, if you will. What I believe a father does on a biological point from an anatomical point of view, fathers have a seed that then incubates in the womb of the mother. Then children are created. However, spiritual father, we have something very similar. It might not be so biological or physical, but we have the ability to make a deposit yeah. into sons and daughters. And that deposit that's made from a pastor into a son, into a daughter, that spiritual deposit, the word of God. Let's think of it this way. The word of God is so amazing because it comes in the form of a seed. It gives us the ability to see God's potential through his creatorial power to do and be what he calls us to be. And so as pastors, we have that ability as a spiritual father to make a positive deposit in the lives of sons and daughters who may be fatherless. Yeah. The good thing about it is that I'm fatherless as well. And so I'm able to meet them on their level, find common ground, relate to them, and at the same time minister to them that, listen, God will establish that which he has begun. He will prosper at that which he has spoken. Be encouraged. 
And so it's a powerful thing as a spiritual father to raise up sons and daughters that don't even belong to your loins. That's nobody but God. It's such a powerful opportunity. And so I want to encourage those that are pastors that are watching that may not have kids, just because you don't have biological children doesn't mean that the Lord doesn't want to use you for your spiritual children. You have the ability to make a positive deposit into your children where they can refer back to for the many years to come that will let them succeed in life. Wow. So for me, it's a little bit different than your story. Um, literally, my mother, obviously, my father, my biological father, who many of you know, uh, the story had abandoned us at about two years old, when I was two years old. And, and I always carry that with me as a loss. Um, I don't think parents always recognize that when parents get divorced, child, children get crushed. I blame myself a lot because I thought I was to blame because um, the language that I heard, which was unintentional, was, oh, if I would have chosen him over you guys. I was like, wait, I thought I'm the problem. And so I remember just having nights of just blaming myself for years and years and years that it was, it was my fault. So then my mother went from number one to number two to number three, and now she's with number four with, with her beautiful shirt that I'm going to make to Kel for Kelvin. You know, I survived 26 years with Judy. And, and so now um, there's that, which, which him and I have a great relationship. Um, but I look and say, I had to look backwards. And there had to be some things that had to be restored. So several years ago, I wrote a letter to my biological father thanking him for giving me the gift of life. Sent him a picture of our family. And uh, that was the year I got my first Father's Day gift from my, a card from my father. And it was the first time I ever heard my father say, I'm proud of you. It was in a card written to me on Father's Day six years ago. Still wasn't a complete restoration, but um, we were going on two years. We've done mission trips to Buffalo, New York, and I'm from Buffalo, New York. I always say it. I'm just a nobody, nobody kid from Buffalo, New York that grew up to just pastor a church in Long Island, and and so I'm there last year, and my daughter Abigail's with me, um, and, well, and Malachi as well, and so I said, well, I'm gonna go see my father. One of the guys that was with us, Sebastian, he's like, wait, you're going to see your father? I said, yeah, I'm going to see my dad. So I surprised him and went to see him. It's the first time I've seen him probably at that point in, I don't know, it could be 15 years. And when I see him, I'll never forget the tears that strolled down his face as he met his granddaughter for the very first time. And just shared, I stayed there for a few hours. And, uh, and I, I have a picture that I want to show you, and it's a picture I'll always cherish of me and Abigail and my father. Now what you don't know about my dad is he's also uh, has terminal blood cancer. And so I know the tears down his face were, were more about the restoration and the, the full circle of it. Because for me, this is going to sound crazy, so take it the way it is. I think you'll understand. He's not just my father. He's a person who needs the love of the Lord. And I had to look past all the hurt, all the other stuff that we didn't have growing up, being part of a home without a dad, and I say, the man has a soul. And I wanted to go there and just be a son, but also to be a, 
a son this way and demonstrate love. I want to just read. Uh, I journal a lot. He was peeking through my journal earlier. Um, I wrote um, a Father's Day message to God. I've never, I've never done. And so I just want to read the first paragraph because the rest is a little more personal and I hold that sacred. You understand, right? Like Mary, you got to treasure some things in your heart. It's just for you and God. But this is something I just want to share with you because I think it shows that it really does, after our talk, kind of confirm what I was writing this morning, which is very simplistic. Dear Father, thank you for being the father I never had. You have been my teacher, my wisdom, and my confidence. It was your voice was the one I always craved. You have led me in every storm, and you've directed me in even the good seasons. You've been the father I've always needed and the one I always wanted. You never left me. You were my faithful father. Happy Father's Day, Dad. I will tell you this and I think Pastor Kyle would confirm this the reason I can write that to my heavenly father is because God gave me some good spiritual fathers he put the right people around my life and that's why it is our deep desire to put our arms around people and to love them to life no matter what they go through no matter what they experience that is our mission and our passion. Happy Father's Day, Dads. And to the dads who aren't fathers, find someone to be a father to. To the moms who play both roles like my mom had to do, happy Father's Day to you too. The single moms have to fill two boys in a child's life. To the fathers that are out there, to the Kyles, your brother, to all those who are trying to inspire so that we can help people come out of the life they were once in, it's going to take an army of spiritual fathers. Now I want to ask all the men to stand up, every man that's in the house, young men, older men, I want you to stand up. Men, I want to issue a challenge. 2020 may not have started the way we designed it to, but let me tell you, men, if you stand up now stronger, and bolder in your confidence to God, 2020 can finish real powerful. But if you sit on the sidelines, the Kyles that are walking in the wrong direction that need someone to say, come with me, while you're sitting here, how am I going to get through this year? This is the year to grab somebody and say, we're going higher together. I'm not letting you go down a bad road. I'm going to either father you to our biological kids or I'm a spiritual father you to someone who's not your biological child it is up to us men and we've been playing it safe for too long men rise up the ladies will cheer you on when you take your place something powerful about seeing two young men who are raised without dads that should redeem every story that's in this room and say Nothing is impossible without Jesus. There's not a demon in hell or a gang member or multiple fathers or a lack of good decisions that could keep us from the destiny Kyle and Todd are standing in today. 
The difference was we had men of God that came around us and said, I see value in you. 